1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans welcome into another edition of the Steelers fix podcast boy is there a lot to fix about this Pittsburgh Steelers team after a dud of a game against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday we're recording this late Sunday night you're going to hear this on Tuesday afternoon uh, on anywhere you can get your podcast but uh, I'm going to bring in my podcast partner Andrew and we've we've kind of been able to have some fun with this show the last few weeks because we've been winning in spite of all the things happening with this team and, um, you know, just just kind of chugging along and, and and winning football games when you shouldn't and then you finally lose one uh, after uh, having lived on the edge for a while. How does this loss make you feel to the division rival Cleveland Browns, Andrew Wilbar? How are you feeling today?
0: Well, it was a frustrating loss, but I don't think any of us can really be surprised that it happened to I me. Mean, Najee Harris said it after the game perfectly. I mean, you, you can look at it one way and say that, okay, yeah, the record's not bad. Sears are six and four team. But you also have to look at the way that they're winning the games and you have to ask yourself, is this sustainable? It's not. And we've been saying that for a while and Sunday just proved it. This offense is pitiful. Matt Canada, we've said our piece on more than enough times. Kenny Pickett is getting progressively worse by the week. And, the offense nobody on that in that room believes in this offense anymore they know that this offensive game plan doesn't work you can see their defeat on the field and how, how do you i mean after all the issues we had at the beginning of the year with the run game how do you run for 175 yards in the game and still lose the way the steward's defense has been playing yeah. and being able to create turnovers i mean it wasn't i mean we can get on the defense at the end it wasn't the defense's fault now they again the scheme changed on that last drive and allowed for more under allowed for softer coverage. And we've been talking about it. The Steelers' defense is going to be at its best when they play physical, more aggressive coverage. And that was the difference. The one drive that they really softened up on, for the most part, the game plan on defense, I loved it today. They played more in the face of these receivers, daring Dorian Thompson-Robinson to throw it deep, and he couldn't. Then you let him throw it underneath. It's what's going to happen every single time. And the Steelers, ultimately, like, yes, there were some bad calls by the refs today. The Steelers still deserve to lose that game. Like, I, I, I keep trying to warn myself, you know, I hate, I I hated the officiating today. It was awful, but still the Steelers deserve to lose this game either way. So you can't blame the refs entirely. The Steelers deserve to lose it. They've deserved to lose a lot of games this year. This time it finally happened that they actually did.
1: Yeah. The Browns beat them at their own game. I mean, that's just a plain and simple fact of it is that the, uh, you know, the Browns let the Steelers hang around and then, you know, the Steelers tie the ball game and uh, start to feel like they're taking control in the second half and then the offense, you know, outside of one Jalen Warren scamper just could not complete anything. They uh, And Kenny Pickett looked as lost as, as I've ever seen a quarterback for this team. Look, um, I have seen better play from you name the quarterback since Ben Roethlisberger started. We've seen better play from Dennis Dixon, Charlie batch, Um, Oh yeah. Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph. We've seen better quarterback play from those guys. than we've been seeing Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Even in just spot, uh, come in and and make a play to keep a drive going. And he's done that, you know, um, this to me is starting to become a conglomeration of issues that you're, you're not going to fix unless you just blow everything up. And I think that, you know, once we get to the end of this season, there, if if the coaching staff and the front office do not have it in them to blow this thing up, then uh, you know there this is this is a team that has lost its way, and uh, I think that we can we would all be ready to jump on that train uh, this offseason if yep. that's the case. Andrew, we'll get into this game a little bit more as we talk about some players later on in the show. In the second half of the show, we're going to get into our topic of today's discussion, which based on what we've seen so far this season, we're going to take a look at some studs and some duds for the Steelers as we look ahead throughout the remainder of the season, but really for the uh, establishment of your team moving forward. We're going to avoid anybody with massive contracts like TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, your real true franchise caliber players. TJ's a we're going dud, to talk about the guys. guys. Who uh, are up-and-coming. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, um, we're going to talk about the up-and-coming guys, maybe some rookie second-year players, some guys in contract years, potentially, uh, where the Steelers are going to have to make decisions about these guys. Are they studs that you can build your team around, or are they duds you need to replace them as soon as you can, reasonably? Um, and, and we'll talk about that here in the second half of the show. But first, as we try to do most weeks, we're going to do our two-minute drills. And, Andrew, have you got a lot to talk about from a busy week of college football? Um, I don't know how you're going to fit everything into two minutes. I think you've got it condensed pretty nicely uh, after a crazy weekend. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Are you ready to, to dive into your two-minute drill here? I am. Let's do it. In three, two, one. All right.
0: Starting off with Bo Nix. 404 passing yards, six touchdowns. Yeah, it's Arizona State. But yes, Bo Nix is in the Heisman conversation. And after a really bad second year, after the first year, everyone's jumping on the Bo Nix train, has some bad. Football just played some really bad football at Auburn before he left, but he's back on the right track. He's putting up big numbers, but he's, he's doing, he's making good decisions with the football and that was key for Bo Nix. Keep an eye on him moving forward. I'm still not fully on his bandwagon, but with all the teams that are looking at quarterback this offseason, there's going to be more than maybe ever before. I'm telling you what, Jeremy. This is gonna be a guy that could get first round consideration just because of the amount of teams that are gonna be looking at quarterback. I could see maybe seven or eight quarterbacks that go in the first round this year because of the vast need for at uh, the position. Braylon Trice, six tackles, one sack, two and a half tackles for loss, and one pass defense. Their big win over Oregon State in the rain. The sack was kind of a gimme on a stunt. He went unblocked, but. Other than that, he still had a really great game in both the run and as a pass rusher. Taylor Upshaw is a guy we haven't mentioned a whole lot, but he's a name you're going to become more familiar with, linebacker from Arizona. Six foot five, 270 pounds. He's probably going to slide to defensive end in a 4 3 scheme at the NFL level, but he's listed at linebacker. He's had a great season uh, this past week for Arizona against Utah. I believe they're playing seven tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss. He has eight and a half sacks this season, Jeremy. He's been putting together an impressive, impressive season. Nate Wiggins. Seven tackles, one interception, a forced fumble. He's a corner from Clemson, a lanky corner, six foot two, one eighty-five. Just a junior. He might return to school, but if he doesn't and he actually declares for the draft, could be a name that reaches mid-round level. As Clemson has improved throughout the year, the secondary has gone along with it. And Wiggins has been a big reason why his play this recently has been really impressive. And we we mentioned him before Jeremiah Trotter Jr. This guy needs to be And first round consideration for the Steelers and a lot of other people again this week in their big win over North Carolina, 11 tackles, seven of which were solo tackles, one sack, one and a half tackles for loss and also had a pass defended. This guy is legit. Keep an eye on him going forward.
1: Man, you did time that out perfectly, Andrew. Good stuff there for you. And uh, as always, so much to look forward to in college football every week.
0: Well, see, Jeremy and I have a little bit of a lag going on, so I didn't think I timed it perfectly. (laughs) I just predicted the lag perfectly there. So I stopped when we had a couple seconds left, hoping that we would nail it in time, and I guess we did.
1: We did. It it was perfect. It was perfect timing on my – you hit the nail right on the head there. Good stuff from you. Um, As always, your predictive analysis is spot on, and uh, we will try to make that continue on this show uh, for you here, Steelers nation. All right, Andrew, set me up a, a timer here. I'm ready to get into some fantasy football, takes, some good bets and bad bets this week.
0: I will do such. I did want to ask you how your fantasy week is going. Cause so far mine is actually going much better than just about any week I've had recently.
1: Well, last week I won uh, in 10 out of 13 leagues. That was my best week of the year. Um, let me see here. I don't think it's going as well uh, this week. So, yeah, no, it's not. I I am projected now to win in only five of my thirteen leagues. Uh, this only five this week. So, uh, and again, this is a, a a Sunday night recording. So maybe a Monday night miracle in there for me before, uh, or by the time you listen to this, we'll see for some of these leagues. But a lot of injuries hit me today. I started Devin A-Chain in a few Oof. leagues, and that Same. came back to bite me. It okay. Get this in one league in one league andrew i started a chain and uh um aaron jones and oh. kenneth walker and they all three got hurt uh in the early portions of their games today and did not oh, re- or did not return uh and were left me with uh less than two points each <laughs> so not a great not a great day in one of those leagues for me but
0: yeah i own all those three but all in separate leagues so anyways on a count of 3123 three, go
1: all right, let's start out in Pittsburgh where we have to start. Uh, the only player who decides to show up for this Pittsburgh Steelers team on a week weekly basis, uh, no matter the drive, no matter the time of day, it's Jalen Warren. His efficiency has been off the charts and he just has to start getting more touches. He just has to at this point. You have to start giving him lead back duties and, uh, his explosiveness, a uh, 74-yard touchdown run on Sunday against the Browns. He was the only thing keeping the Steelers relatively in the game at all. Justin Fields came back with a flurry. He had a, over 100 yards rushing on 18 carries and then 169 yards passing and a touchdown. A good fantasy day for Justin Fields. If you've been waiting for him to come back, you are excited about what you saw against a pretty good Detroit uh, defensive front. And then the 49ers offense. Andrew, I've never seen a fantasy stat like this in my life. Listen to this. The San Francisco 49ers had the quarter, the number two quarterback in fantasy, the number four running back in fantasy, the number five wide receiver in fantasy, the number one tight end in fantasy, the number five defense in fantasy, and the number ten kicker in fantasy. They had a top ten player at every major fantasy position in week 11. Insanity. All right, let's get into some bad bets. Tight ends through Sunday night, only one tight end scored over 13 PPR points in week 11. That's not great. Uh, The Bengals pass catchers, we got to talk about them now that Joe Burrow's out. You're going to see a dip in production for all of those guys. Jamar Chase, especially Teagans, when he comes back healthy. And then the running back injuries that really got us this week Devin A. Chain, uh, Aaron Jones, Deontay Foreman, and Kenneth Walker Jr all leaving their games early with injuries um, and leaving your fantasy team out to dry.
0: And you nailed it with about one second left. So we just had a day. And I, 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 for the record, I didn't even give Jeremy any warning today. Usually it'll do like some sort of countdown. And I'm just glancing at this because I was, I was listening in because there's so much that resonated with me this week, especially at <laughs> the tight end position. And I look, I'm like, yeah. Wow, he nailed it. I didn't even realize that there was just one second left. So, wonderful job.
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate Thank you very much. Yeah, it, it is crazy that you could have had a top 10 fantasy tight end finish today with like eight points. <laughs> so PPR is not eight good. Point. Not good for the tight ends.
0: Non-PPR like four.
1: Yeah, PPR eight points. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right. Hey, let's take a break, Andrew, and we'll pay some bills with uh, some ad reads and then uh, we will come back in the second half here and we're going to break down some studs and duds moving forward for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't go anywhere. The Steelers fix. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by cloud optimizer as a business owner or it manager. Are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? All right, we're back here on the Steelers Fix podcast brought to you by the Fans First Sports Network and Steel Curtain Network, where you can find all things Pittsburgh Steelers on the written side and the audio side. If you like to listen in live on YouTube, uh, Facebook, or X, you can do that as well for a lot of our live evening shows. Uh, I'm sure the guys are going to be breaking down or guys have already broken down the uh, Steelers-Browns game on sunday and you'll hear plenty of other things throughout the week on the night caps from us here at the steel curtain network andrew let's jump into the topic of of today's discussion and it's a fun one to me i like to look ahead a little bit especially coming after a loss and have some positive things to take away as well as also trying to understand a little bit of where this team needs help That's why we're here on the Steelers fix. Not only are we giving you your fix of the Pittsburgh Steelers, we're trying to fix the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so that's our plan here tonight. Let's start out with some studs on offense today. Andrew, give me your two studs on offense that you will ride with moving forward into 2024 as guys you need to you want to have a part of this team for for the long run moving forward.
0: I got to go with the second year receivers, George Pickens and Calvin Austin, the third. I know that a lot has happened with huh? Calvin Austin and everything, but ultimately he showed enough in the weeks where he was getting targeted and became a big part of that offensive game plan. He proved that he was not as raw as what everyone thought he was. And he's not just this lightning in a bottle guy that can't hold onto to the football. He's pretty secure. And I think he's got this guy. shouldn't only be our punt returner and maybe even kicker Turner moving forward, but he can have a part in this offense. He may not be on the field all the time, but you got to utilize him. And I, I think when it comes to George Pickens, I mean, we we've stated the obvious here. And I, I will still say that I believe he would be a top 10 receiver in the league. If he was on just about any other team right now, outside of this offense, it's just so disappointing to see this talent going to waste. Hopefully just hopefully next year, it will be put to better use.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I like those as well. I think, You've got a stud like we're talking about here in George Pickens. He's he's gonna be around for a while. He needs to be around for a while. And he he's a guy you can build your offense around if if you've got a person a person who knows what they're doing <laughs> uh running the offense. So I, I like it. And I mentioned on the Steelers uh QA uh before this game uh, this weekend that I thought Calvin Austin should take a lot more of of Alan Robinson's reps in the slot. I just think that. He's more dynamic, and when you get him out there more, you can disguise what you're doing with him better uh, and not make him a focal point anytime he just steps on the field because, oh, look, 19's on the field. They're going to try something tricky or they're going to throw the ball deep, Um, and if he's on the field more, uh, then you can disguise those those opportunities a little bit better. I'm going to go with um, Jalen Warren. Uh, Obviously, we've seen what he's been doing uh, he is easily, right now, the Steelers' best playmaker, and it's it's not even close um, because the Steelers refuse to use George Pickens as their wide receiver one. Um, and then Broderick Jones, the rookie's playing really well. In, in the run game specifically, he had some really bad pass uh, pro reps this week, but I think uh, that's to be expected when you flip sides with him, when he's naturally a left tackle. Uh, it's harder in pass pro the footwork is harder um, than it is in just run blocking and and your steps that way Um, backpedaling is always going to be harder than uh, than moving forward and I, I think that the splits that we'll see on like PFF and stuff this week should probably tell the story of a good run blocker and a bad pass blocker off the right side he really should be playing left tackle and Dan Moore Jr. should not be on this team. And Chuk Sakorafor should not be on this team. There, (laughs) there should have been other things going on uh, at those positions uh, this year. Uh, So Broderick Jones is my, is my guy up front. And then I like Jalen Warren. I think he really should be featured in this offense as the RB one. And then Najee Harris, you you spell Warren when he's tired with Najee. Uh, And that's the type of workload share that should be going on here uh, for, for the offense. Let's get into some duds, Andrew, um, Duds on offense, so give me your two duds on the offensive side of the ball that you're saying need to be replaced um, uh, or let's let's say could be upgraded uh, and should be upgraded moving forward. I'm going to go with Jakumo
0: Korofor for one. It's kind of the flip side of what we were talking about. I know he's under a contract, but it's not a contract the Steelers couldn't easily get out of and the Steelers – could really easily move on from he he just is too soft for NFL run blocking. He's, it, it was noticeable at times, and it looked like he had made a little bit of improvement, and now he's regressed again. He's just – he's never become – great if he could have played at his highest level he would be that typical solid third round pick that you would have expected when the Steelers drafted him but he's not even that anymore he's below the level of a starter and there's a reason why Broderick Jones is seeing playing time as opposed to him at right tackle and it's because Broderick Jones is more physical despite the mistakes that he makes and the mental errors he's making right now that Okorafor may not make he at least has enough functional strength and the Athleticism to cover up a lot of those mistakes that Okorfor cannot cover up. So for those reasons, I, I think it's you, you got to move on from Okorfor. You can find a depth tackle in the mid rounds of the draft or even in free agency. And then the other one, I'm gonna go with Kenny Pickett. It's it, this is a hard one for me to do, but yeah. I, I I know you you had added to the doc first, and I didn't want to double you up here with yours because I like the ones that you have, but. <laughs> It, it, it's really difficult because do you, I, I still believe Kenny Pickett can be a starting quarterback for the Steelers. Yeah. But my narrative from all the way back in the draft has not changed that. I don't know that he is a, can win you a championship unless you have like the perfect situation around him. The Steelers have the weapons around him. You still need maybe another piece on the offensive line. And you need a competent offensive coordinator. Can the Steelers get both of those? Yeah. Perhaps. But the Steelers haven't had a competent offensive coordinator since when? I mean, Todd Haley was a competent offensive coordinator, but he didn't know how to get along with people, which kind of makes you an incompetent coordinator as time goes on, regardless of how good you are at play calling. There's a reason he didn't make it there. At college, he's all the way down as an assistant at a high school now. So, you know, I I really, I really think that Kenny could be guy, and I I just I just very walk I walk a very thin line here because I try not to go. Too far to that extreme, because I know Kenny Pickett is loved by the fans. He's the hometown boy. It, it's a great story, but at some point you ha- you do have to wonder I, I, where are the Steelers going to be picking? And this is, again, why yeah. these wins that have been so close could be detrimental to this team. We were talking about that two weeks ago, Jeremy, because how many teams are looking for a quarterback? You literally have half the league that's going to be looking at drafting quarterbacks. There's not enough good guys, and you don't reach for someone but everyone was giving Kevin Colbert credit. Oh, he went for the guy in the year where no one else was looking for a quarterback. Well, so what? You also didn't have that many good quarterbacks to choose from. Like you had Kenny Pickett and you had Malik Willis. So far, neither of them have turned out to be what we were hoping. I think both of them in the right systems could have been doing better. I think, I think if you, I honestly think there could be a chance that if you switched both Kenny and Malik Willis, both of them will be doing better than what they're currently doing. I think that's a, a valid conversation. I'm not saying it would be the right system fit for either of them, but I think it I don't think they'd be doing any worse than either of them are doing right now. I I just think that it's it Matt Canda's ruined Kenny Pickett and the Tennessee Titans ruined Malik Willis. The question is, can either of them be restored at this point? I think Kenny has a better chance just because the environment in Pittsburgh is better. And Malik just like putting him in before he was ready was just a confidence shaker for him. He knew he wasn't ready. And you could see that on the field. It's a shame for him, but for Kenny. I don't know. I don't. Th- I at this point, and unless you happen to have a quarterback fall in your laps, which I don't see that happening in a draft like this, I think you got to ride with him for one more year. At least give him a chance with a new yeah. coordinator. And if things don't cut it, you just switch it, cut ties, go with Trubisky or whoever you got the rest of the way. See if he can do anything. And then the next year, you have to go quarterback.
1: Yeah, I've I've said all along you've got to give Kenny year three with a competent offensive coordinator. Um, and yeah. and again, uh, Kenny has his issues that aren't on the offensive coordinator at this point too, just not seeing the field and, and, um, making, making bad reads and not making accurate throws. I thought, I think, find it very interesting that, um, when Tomlin and, and Colbert and everybody were talking about Kenny Pickett, uh, post draft, they were like, while we value accuracy and mobility around here, we value both of those things. And Kenny Pickett's the one who gives us both of those things. And until this week, we hadn't been seeing either one of those things for Kenny Pickett. And then out of necessity, we saw some of the mobility this week. And even still uh, he was, he was mobilizing himself right into pressure sometimes too. So it's just not smart usage of, of that. And then some of these out routes and comebacks, it's just, He's missing by two and three yards on some of these throws. Um, he's leaving balls high for receivers like Calvin Austin and. Uh, um, yeah. Deontay Johnson, who are not tall receivers. Um, he he doesn't look comfortable. He He's playing. I mean, from, I don't know, Andrew, if you can see this, but like, to me, as soon as the ball is snapped, he's deer in the headlights right now and. And to me, part of that is an offensive system you don't trust because it stinks, and also that you just haven't developed it all. And and maybe he's reached his ceiling. I mean, that's a possibility already, too, is that he maxed out his ceiling in college, and what we're seeing is that max ceiling in college playing out at, at the NFL level. So, I mean, I have to agree with you right now. He is not above replacement right now. He is not. He at this point you could make the argument to go with any of the other Steelers quarterbacks on the roster and potentially have an upgrade at the quarterback position so uh, I totally agree with you there uh my my duds on excuse me my, yeah my duds on the offensive side of the football here uh are Dan Moore Jr. and Najee Harris um to me yeah. Najee Harris is is a guy that if if somebody offered you picks for this offseason, you you ship him out um i don't think he does anything for your offense that couldn't be done by a uh, fourth round power back out of the mac you know what i mean uh it, it just it doesn't doesn't it's not worth the price that you've paid for him and you definitely don't need to be reupping his his uh fifth year option um this offseason, and then Dan Moore Jr., uh, like I mentioned just a little bit ago, should have been gone this offseason, in our opinion. We've talked about that a lot on the show. Um, and it, he just he's he's horrid, he's awful, especially when you talk about good pass rushers like Miles Garrett coming into town and, and playing uh, against him. Uh, he just first play of the game for the Steelers, they should have called it a safety. Um, and it was just a, a total blown, uh, assignment by Dan Moore Jr. On the best pass rusher in the league right now. And you can't do that. So <coughs> those are my two duds right now. Andrew, I'm interested in your, your theory on Najee Harris too. I, I think we're kind of on the same page. Are you, are you willing to get rid of him this off season If it, if it works out that way, is he a cut candidate for you? If you don't get an offer this offseason?
0: I think it could depend on who's available in the draft. I think it's gonna be easier to replace running back than quarterback. Like most years, there it's a solid running back class. You have a lot of different types of backs. You got to have someone to pair with Jalen Warren. Like it, Warren's playing well right now, but at some point you got to have somebody else in there to help change the pace, be something different, add something to the table that he doesn't add or can sustain. I, I think it's still a risk just going in with Jalen Warren. So if you have to keep Najee around as a backup, I think you can. And I, I think a. Well, his issues have not changed, I will say that I think his attitude has been better for the most part. Like, he was just real with the media afterward. Like, this offense is garbage. Our offensive coordinator, like, he he didn't come out and say that, but you could tell the question that he was first posed in that interview, without saying anything, you could tell he's pretty much saying, yeah, we know our offensive coordinator is trash. Everyone in the offensive room believes it. So I want to give Najee some benefit of the doubt that, you know, part of it is – is just the offensive system and not putting him in a position to succeed. But part of it is still on his end. And Jalen Warren just wants it more right now. He's playing like a guy we've talked about before, a guy who's playing as if it's his last game he's ever playing. And that's the benefit of having that late round guy. That's just fighting tooth and nail for everything as opposed to the first round pick who thinks he's got everything made. And it's just a little bit more laid back in his approach. So I like, Naj- I liked Najee Harris as a football player. I just didn't like him as a first round pick for the Steelers. And, He's a, I love his running style yeah. when you have a good offensive line. The Steelers don't have that at this point. And even though it's improving, it's not the style of guys, it's not the style of line that you can have with a running back that type. They just don't mesh together. So I, I agree with you. You, you, you kind of got to move on at this point.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think the biggest difference right now, before we move on to the duds here, Uh, or excuse me, to the, to the studs on defense. Uh, The biggest difference right, right now between uh, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, uh, other than play style is, (coughs) excuse me, is their field vision. Um, Jalen Warren just sees the lanes better than Najee Harris does. (laughs) He just sees the field better. He makes better cuts. He knows when to accelerate, when to decelerate, when to, when to juke, when to use power. He's not flashy, but he just—he's just a workhorse or a workman in the backfield. But his vision is has been incredible. All right, uh, let let me keep it here with me real quick, and then we'll we'll get into yours because we share a, a stud here on the defensive side of the ball, um, and I think that that's appropriate because I think this guy's been balling out this year and deserves way more accolades than we've been giving him. I think the Steelers absolutely have their next Stefan to it, their next cam Hayward type interior defender in Keanu Benton. And he's, he's been awesome. Uh, He's not getting talked about enough because it's not a flashy position. You still have cam Hayward there. You've got all these big time names on the defensive side of the ball. Keanu Benton has been playing as good as any of them uh, in recent weeks, really coming on strong should absolutely get more and more playing time as he has been. Good job by the Steelers, recognizing his his abilities there and playing him accordingly. Um, fantastic stuff from him so far this year. And then Elandon Roberts, man, is, is just playing out of his mind the last couple of weeks. When the Steelers really have needed him to step up in the absence of some of their other linebackers here, he is balling out. I believe he had like 11 solo tackles in the middle of the third quarter of this game and he was just sniffing out screens he was busting up flat routes i mean he was he was all over the field and uh playing playing out of his mind so those two guys to me are building blocks they're studs that you can use on this defense and they're not going to be high priced anytime soon so you can add them into the mix for the future for this defense as well and and use them as building blocks along with the franchise players what do you think
0: Oh, I, I 100%. I agree with everything that you just said. Keanu Benton, Uh, you you were on his hype train even, you, you were on his hype train a lot more really than I was. I was just kind of a little iffy about the pick just because he's not the typical size. Like he is a nose tackle. He plays like a nose tackle, but he's not, you know, that 330 guy that has just, the, you know, that's going to be a two gap defender, but he is playing really well in every phase of the game right now. He, one issue that, I was worried about coming out of college was his stiffness he was very north and south guy just i'm going to push guys back and then hopefully if i can find a way to disengage i'll make a play in the backfield but car- props to carl dunbar once again he has found he has helped fix some of his mechanical issues where he's placing his hands putting himself in a better position to disengage from blocks and being able to make tackles make stops and we're seeing that before our eyes carl dunbar's done a great job with benton the steelers knew what they were getting in Benton, and they found a way to develop him. So uh, he's doing great. And, yeah, Landon Roberts, he's he's playing really well right now. And I'm, I'm not sure how long-term you keep a guy like that who's been around the block a lot and you have to worry about regression. But right now he's playing as good as he's played ever since he was with Brian Flores a couple years ago. So I, I agree with what you're saying yeah. there. I went with Benton as well. But I also got to give recognition to Joey Porter Jr. He's still playing great. That one interception today was really due to him and his deflection uh, that was brought up by Sullivan. He was the one who tipped it. Plays so good in tight coverage on the outside. He is, the, he is what could transform this defense into something incredibly special if the Steelers just allow him and really design their coverage schemes around him. We talk a lot about receivers in the Steelers scheming up George Pickens on the offensive end. The defense needs to scheme up Joey Porter Jr. for success and just playing more physical coverage and allowing him to use his length, use his aggression to just be aggressive. It's as simple as that because he is at his best when he can be aggressive. Every now and then you pay for it with a penalty, but it's more than worth it with the reward that he brings in his tight coverage, deflecting passes, and coming away with some takeaways.
1: Early in this game against the Browns, he was kind of getting... um getting abused by Amari Cooper on some of the, A little the bit. slants. But as the game wore on, he absolutely adjusted to all of that and started making plays. Um, the tip pass uh, was kind of the turning point there in that regard. And from that point on, he was pretty much locked down. So I, I believe in his ability to adjust and to recognize um, what, what offenses are trying to throw his way. I still think <clears throat> he's kind of like, your description of Najee Harris who just runs too straight up sometimes, uh, when, when Joey Porter jr. Goes in for a tackle, he's like standing straight up and it's, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Pretty right now. He needs to improve that. Number one thing to improve this off season is his tackling technique. I mean, if he can do that, you've got yourself a real true superstar potential on the outside. Um, I don't think it's hyperbole to say this, Andrew, and tell me if you agree or not, that Joey Porter Jr., since he's been given full-time duties for the Steelers, has been one of the better, maybe one of the best um, press corners in football across the board. So I just think that he he's a player you can absolutely build around on defense. All right, Andrew, let's wrap this up with some duds on defense. Go ahead and give me two guys that you are saying we need to replace uh, as soon as we can, uh, as soon as is reasonable and feasible.
0: I'm going to go with Keanu Benton or no, I mean, Keanu Neal, the Keanu Neal, my bad, my bad. So I was, my apologies. <laughs> I've I, I, called him a study and a dud here. We're going to play both lines. So I can be right one way or the other. No Keanu Neal. I apologize. I, my mind was still on Benton. Didn't switch fully over, but Keanu Neal, I'm going to go with Neil here. It's just with Keanu Neal, it's It's hard to watch him at times when he's out there, completely blown coverage, not sure what he's doing. He doesn't recognize a play until a defender is already two steps past him, and at his age, there's nothing you can do. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have any of that anymore. I, I mean, it, it is bad. The Steelers have to upgrade strong safety. And low-key... It may not always show up on the stat sheet, but there are a lot more tight ends running open this year than last, and you have to wonder how much of that is because of Terrell Edmonds being gone. If the Steelers can just bring back Terrell Edmonds, I would be so happy. It's not, a, not an incredible move, but you know it's going to be a cheap move. Safeties don't get paid much. It would be such a simple move just to bring him back, and I think it would really change the way the Steelers can scheme up the secondary. And then it, it seems very like another very cliche answer, but Levi Wallace. It has not been what we thought. I thought he was going to be a good starter for the Steelers this year. Not been the case. He finished strong last year. Outside of the couple of interceptions he's had, which was pretty much luck, he hasn't done anything right. Yeah. And it's it's kind of sad to see because he was solid in Buffalo when he had Tradavius White he was playing with. And you would think, you know, maybe now that Joey Porter Jr. is becoming that, maybe because of Patrick Peterson, it just hasn't worked out for Levi Wallace. He does, He's not a fit here. Like all the other corners, even though they haven't all played well, you can see there is enough that they give week to week, whether it be through, like even Chandon Sullivan today, he's not played well for the most part, but he came up with a big play and he has times where he does read things right. And a guy like Patrick Peterson, not played the greatest at times, but you still know that his experience and everything out there does have an impact on the younger guys. But with Wallace, it's like, what is his value to this team? There's no value at all. If he can't be a starting corner for the Steelers, there's no value for a guy like him as a depth guy, especially if you're paying him four plus million dollars a year. So I think it's time to cut ties with Levi Wallace as sad as I am to say it. Cause I thought he was going to be a really good sign.
1: Yeah. And, you know, last year I thought he played really well. I thought he was a yeah. a plus addition to the secondary, but um and you know the Steelers moved on from Akello Witherspoon, you know, for Levi Wallace. Basically, they picked one of them and they went with Wallace and uh I, I don't think either one of them necessarily has been amazing this year. Uh, I don't think um you know I, I don't think that the Rams no. are getting a lot um from Akello, but they did you not make a got, bad decision by getting rid, rid of issues there. <clears throat> no, no, they didn't make a bad decision there that they just shouldn't have kept um, Wallace either. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm saying that this is a total overhaul of the secondary, this off season. Uh, you've got two pieces that you absolutely keep. And those are Megan Fitzpatrick and Joey Porter jr. And then everything else is up for grabs. Um, you do some drafting. You, you, <clears throat> go out for some free agency pieces. Um, get some some guys with some youth, please. Next time, uh, let's not be the uh, uh, the Orlando uh, of the NFL and and just be the retirement home for these guys in the secondary. Uh, let's go out and get some youth uh, out there and and redo that. Uh, because I'm saying also that your my duds are uh, Demonte Casey and Patrick Peterson, um, and I think that both of them should be. Finding work elsewhere uh, after this season, you're obviously stuck with them this year. <clears throat> you ride it out. You hope that they can provide you decent play, and I think they've been decent, but that's not good enough. They have to be better, um, especially uh, especially Patrick Peterson because uh, of of the position he plays. And um, man, this this team needs Minka Fitzpatrick back so bad on the defensive end, uh, the on the defensive backfield. And once they once they get him back, that should cover some of their issues. But uh, that this secondary just needs overhauled. What can we say, uh, Andrew? Other than that, uh, any final thoughts, Andrew? Before we head out of here, this was a fun show. Got to talk some Steeler ball. I know uh, tough week to to talk Steelers. I don't know about you, but sometimes after a disappointing loss, I kind of tune myself out from like the the. Talk shows and podcasts and stuff. So uh, those who are listening in, we really appreciate it. Uh, we hope that you can uh, empathize with us in, in the loss, and that uh, hopefully that uh, this podcast was informational and or informative and <clears throat> agreeable to you. So, and Andrew, any final thoughts before we head out for
0: the day? I would, as it pertains to the draft. For one, we're only we're only how many months away? I don't know. But keep an eye, keep, be keeping an eye on these draft prospects at really any position because not much is off the table for the Steelers at this point. Five. So I'll add that out there. But the Steelers, I think we all know what's going to happen. We're either going to barely make the playoffs or barely miss the playoffs. And if we make the playoffs, we're losing first round more than likely. So let's just enjoy the rest of the season. Hope that something drastic will change, especially on the offensive side of the ball or with the coaching staff. And... It's the game weekend,
1: Jeremy. Yes, it is. It is the game weekend, man. And, and uh, it's a big one because both of these teams are playing really well. They have a lot to play for. Um, I think the loser still makes the playoffs, though. What do you think? With, with Michigan, I, I think it's going to be harder for Michigan
0: to get in if they lose. Just because, well, we'll see what happens with Florida State now that Jordan Travis is out and all that. We'll see what happens. But I think it's harder for Michigan just because their yeah. only other quality win was really Penn State. The schedule's been pretty easy. I think that could be something that really keeps this team out. And yesterday against Maryland, I don't know if they were looking ahead or what, but it was a struggle just to come on top of Maryland. They were got out to a big lead and then struggled to hold on to it. So. Other than that, though, there's been no one to really give Michigan much of a battle this year. So uh, the way that they've won has been impressive. But at the same time, Ohio State does have a couple more wins on the resume that I think helps their cause if they do lose. The question is, if they do lose, is Ryan Day around to coach them in the college football playoff?
1: Oh, man. Yeah, he will be. Uh, He might not be around next year, but... uh... Uh, he'll be around <laughs> for the college <laughs> football playoff so uh but will harbaugh be around for the college football playoff that's the big question uh, yeah. all right andrew uh it's been fun we'll do this again <laughs> we'll do this again next week and uh, uh i hope you have a great rest of your week and thanks for joining in uh and listening to us uh have a great week steeler nation we'll, we'll talk to you next time on